The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewais.substack.com and signing up today. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, so my question was, um, basically, I, it has to do with, like, the requests that you make in Shimon Esrei. I just, I realized that I was, the like... Pers- the personal requests you're talking personal about? Personal requests, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, like, that you're asking about for in your own life. Um, yeah. I, I just, I realized that I was sort of, like, uh, relating to it a little bit, like, like, wishing for stuff. I mean, it sounds a little bit silly, but, like, a sort of, like, childish, like... Yeah. Like, you want something, and you're just saying that you want it, and then, like, it's going to happen, you know? Yeah, right. So I was just thinking about how to, like, maybe grow past slash break out of that kind of yeah. mindset. Okay. So that's, that's a good question. I'll, I'll just strengthen it with something I remember Rabbi Man saying. Rabbi Man used to say that if you, if you, if you look at how do most Jews daven, it's the same way that non-Jews make wishes on birthday candles, <laughs> you know, like it's, you close your eyes, you wish, and then you like act, you know? Um, and, uh, and, you know, and so, so there is a very, uh, there is a very uh, childish thing. And look, you know, I, I think, Tamar, the question that you're asking is already on a, the, the Ryan Man's statement is making me say this, but like the question you're asking already is on a higher level of understanding of tefillah. Cause I think a person could feel that way about davening in general, you know, like in general, when I'm davening, it feels like I'm just doing like a magical like incantation, you know? Um, and I think, uh, you know, either from like, you know, your, your learning or from this year or from like, you know, our community, like we have an understanding about how, Tefillah is an activity of introspection that is meant to align you with God's will. So with the regular stuff, it doesn't feel as childish, but when you put in your requests, it, it, then it brings up the childishness. Yeah. So what would you say to answer tomorrow's question? How can we, I think our, our premise here is that like childishness is a bad thing, <laughs> you know? Okay. So, okay. So let, let me, let me just ask Tamar to refine what she meant. And even if she didn't mean this, I think there's still a question there. So what Chaim is saying is that it would be childish if you asked God to grant you something and expected him to automatically do it or like to hundred percent do it. And when you put personal requests and feel it, you don't have that expectation. So, so in that sense, it's not childish, but tomorrow, what I got from you and you can confirm or deny this um, is that, it does still feel a little bit like genie in a bottle type, like, like, you know, or like Santa Claus, like wish list type thing. Is is that the childish aspect like that you were talking about? Yeah, I think so. It's not like an intellectual, like it's some, it's something I think about how like it feels or how I'm relating to it, let's say like, yeah. as opposed to it being like a categorical thing. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, it's a sense that you get in yourself. Sometimes you can just catch yourself feeling that way. Not, not definitively like this behavior is childish. Let me see if I can, if anyone else has had this experience, cause I, I've had the experience you're talking about tomorrow, but uh, then um, you can feel free to jump in. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if I can make it clear. Right. Right. 
that's no, that's no, good. No. Good for you. Good for you. But no, yeah. 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 I see. Okay. I'll, I'll say my experience with it. And like, um, like, uh, maybe this will help, you know, cause I'll say you're supposed to ask for Kolmala to buy a Libo, right? I think like anything that your heart desires, you know? So I think when I'm asking for like things that are, that my mind classifies as plausible, then it is much more, I don't have this problem, but I think when I like ask for things that, um, that I myself feel are improbable, then I feel like I'm just like, like, can I give an example? Yeah. I'll give an example, but I'm going to turn off the recording. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Is the issue because it's coming maybe just from a like an emotional desire and there's not like a recognition of a, a fact about reality that is like attached to that. Desire? So I, I think not. And I'll tell you why, because and again, I can't speak for tomorrow, but I think even when you have uh, uh, the facts attached to it, I think it's because of the power of the wish that the wish overshadows the intellectual aspects of the of the, of the tefillah. You know, like um, like you just want it so badly, or you need it so badly that like you're in that sort of infantile, childish state. So even though intellectually you realize that oh, you know, all these factors are out of my control, and like God is the creator of the universe it still feels like you're slipping into that childhood mode. You know, right. it's kind of like, I'll give you an analogy. It's like, if you um, like, uh, <laughs> I'll just give an example from like a workplace. Like, let's say like I, I have a boss who I would go to if I had a certain need, you know? So I can go to the boss with, with like certain day-to-day needs. Let's say I get into an emotionally distressful situation and then I go to the boss and ask them for it. Intellectually, it's the same thing, but because I'm in a, a heightened emotional state of distress, then I, I feel more like it, it awakens all those like, like childhood going to running to a parent type, like feelings, you know, anyone have an answer now that we have a better understanding of the question. Thanks for pushing me to articulate the question. I think it's, you know, clear. I think maybe there's two things you can do when you're requesting a thing. Yeah. Or like when you're sending it to see and requesting it. Yeah. You can, you can say a request and think that, the utterance of the request is like the thing which will cause the request to come about. Yeah. Or you can say a request and realize maybe that like the change in you that saying the request causes is the thing that brings about the improvement in yourself and causes change to happen. Okay. Let me, let me state that again and make sure I, I understand what you're saying. I think that's a good approach, which is that the, the, on, on the childishness spectrum, the most childish things is the saying it makes it happen, makes it come true. Okay. So that we're trying to get away from, but then the way we've explained before, the way tefillah really works is means to judge or evaluate yourself in the framework of Hashem, meaning in his value system, you know, and it's a constant, and that's why it's reflexive. It's to judge yourself. And then the Otar tefillah says, you're actually you're not acting on Hashem. You're acting on yourself because Hashem doesn't change. You're only changing yourself and aligning yourself uh, yourself with Hashem's will. So, so what Isaiah is suggesting is that if you find yourself in that childish mode of asking for a request, say the request, but use that as a, a vehicle of recognizing. I got it when you said it. Say it again. Recognizing the reality of the request. Mm. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I find many times uh, recognizing that 
Yeah, that, yeah, that 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 the the act of requesting itself should prompt you should prompt this sort of introspection that will that you realize will lead to the actual thing coming about. You know, um, yeah. Okay, I just sure. So there, there is an actual element of Bokasha. I think I gave a share on this once, but I don't remember if it was recorded or I wrote about it. And I don't know if I actually published it, <laughs> that there's two levels of God granting requests in tefillah. Or sorry, there's two levels of making requests in tefillah. One is the request is purely a vehicle of you changing yourself, even though you're doing it through a request. The other is when you're actually asking Hashem to intervene in the laws of nature to change things, you know, and, uh, and obviously when you're asking, you should have both in mind, but for people like us, then the work we're doing is really on that first level because you don't merit the second level unless you're really working on the first level, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is a broad. I never understood how asking questions. Yeah, you know, I think. Yeah, so I think that's a, uh, uh, that is a universal enough question that I think it warrants its own uh, sheer. And I think I feel like I'm due for re-examining that question, as opposed to giving an. If I give an off-the-cuff answer now, it would be what I've previously said. You know, which you could look up on my blog if you want, but uh, I think it's time to like like reexamine that. Um, uh, yeah, I think regardless of which sort of aspect of the field you're you're recognizing or whatever you're you're sort of going to go along with, regardless, you have to be listening to Hashem when you are doing to Like mm-hmm. you have to. Like I remember you gave your talk about the four tips predominant. I think it was four tips, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was four. Yeah. Um, and one of them was to say the words as if you're like saying them to someone. And yeah. I think that's part of like being with me, Hashem. Is yeah. Like, you know, you're pronouncing this as if as a request. Yeah. So even if it, the purpose of that is to change you, it still is like it's not the thing if you're not saying it not in the therapy yeah i i i think you're right and i think that that is going to be part of the answer to Chaim's question about like like how does that work with the requesting right. for now let me just say t- tomorrow I, I had two or maybe 1.5 answers okay the one that, that that's definitely one answer uh is that you have to consider the alternative okay let's say you did not request this from hashem okay uh and you, you said oh it, i feel too childish i'm not gonna request it from hashem so what's going to happen you are going to turn to something else for security, you know, whether it's your own abilities or whether it's other human beings or something that the, whatever part of you that is childish, that is like desperately seeking that this be granted. If you don't direct it to Hashem, you're going to direct it to something else, you know, could be to a Vodazara superstition, you know? So I, I think from that perspective alone, then attaching yourself and your requests and all your desires to Hashem is going to be developmentally the best for you. And as you learn more, then it'll become less and less childish, you know? And, and, and just as a, as a, as a uh, proof of this, um, we don't say that, like, let's say, for example, saying that God gets angry, that is a childish thing, you know, 
But that doesn't stop the Torah from using that Lashon because psychologically that is what we need in order to be able to develop past that, you know? So like, like in other, my point is, is that like, there are certain ways that we relate to Hashem that are childish, but it's always vis-a-vis the alternative, which is either a Vodazara of worshiping other things or, or self-worship, you know, uh, or, or trust in, in, in something other than Hashem. So we have to like route all the emotions towards that. That's like the, the one answer. Yeah, David? A little bit strange question, but then with that, with what you're just saying, would you consider, even if the tefillah is not answered or if what you're looking for is not coming about, would you still call that a successful tefillah because you have at least like rerouted like where you yes coming from? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I would still call it a successful tefillah. Yeah, if we only measured tefillos, the success of a tefillah by God granting a request through Hashgacha or by you actually making a significant change in yourself, then we would have very few successful tefillos, which might be true, you know. But so much of our t- like. Like, uh, you know, there's uh, when I used to teach at Chalhevet, so the policy, I don't know what the policy is in like boys' schools, but the policy was they don't force you to daven. You know, that if you just want to sit there holding a sitter, that's fine, but you can't disrupt davening. You know, um, um, they, uh, I've definitely heard that people do this. They, they force them to say the words, you know, like. Rhett's grades, you know, I, I, I know I've heard horror stories about this. I've heard horror stories. Well, so I'll tell you when I was teaching at Hafter, what I did, and I, I, I thought that this was brilliant and it worked is I said, um, so I said, you have two choices. Okay. So I, I was given, uh, I, I was put in charge of minion and I just didn't want to do that. Like you've probably been around Rebecca. That seems like the most miserable job ever, especially yeah. first thing in the morning to be a police officer. So they gave me like a separate um, Tila group where we could just learn about Tila on the condition. The condition to creating the group was that the boys had to daven, had to say Shema, put on Tefillah and Adam Shimon Esrei. Okay. So what I said to them is I said, you have two choices. You have to stand there and hold your sitter and you could either say the words or you could repeat the word watermelon, 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 watermelon silently until everyone else is done. Until like you start seeing people done with Shimon Esrei, you know? And believe it or not, there were kids who did that and then they just felt ridiculous. So by the end of the year, they were all down to Kimon Esrei. You know, like, you know, it was just like, you know, so, so that, 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 that's a, whatever. But anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so uh, in Shalhevet, then there would be students who would just not daven, you know, and um, I like, and they would, during davening discussions, they would participate, you know, and they seem to be interested in it. And like, I, I wanted to try to say this to them. And I, I you know, I, I didn't expect this to work. So I usually didn't say it. Like, you can't just like, you know, um, it, you can't just like not do something and then expect to be able to engage in the activity perfectly without any practice. Like there is such a thing as like practicing davening in the sense of like rerouting your emotions, saying the words, like showing up, devoting the time. Like there's a lot of aspects of davening that are just beneficial, even when your tefillah is not succeeding by the metrics of self-perfection or hashgachic response, you know? Um, and like, that's important also, you know? Um, the half answer I was going to give you tomorrow, see if I can even remember it. It was similar to Isaiah's. Oh, which is um, if you find yourself, no, maybe it is the same as Isaiah's. If you find yourself asking for something and feeling childish, so use that as data after tefillah to ask, like, what, how am I relating to God in this moment? Or how am I relating to my needs in this moment? Or how am I, you know, and then 
and then use it as a springboard for then taking the next step to say, like, can I formulate this in a way that is more mature? Can I like think about the ideas that I, uh, of what I'm asking for in a way that like is more in line with reality, you know? So like, instead of like, like, like stopping saying it or shunting it or pushing it away, you use it as a basis for like, you know, um, for like modifying your tefillah practice, you know, you know, in a more beneficial direction. Like, like, you know, like I gave this example last year, I think in one year, but like, like the, um, the, uh, you know, this one student I had was, uh, when, you know, said that she this is actually exactly the case you're talking about. She really loved the musical Hamilton and she entered into the Broadway lottery and she wanted to, to, to win, you know? And so, but she realized, like, I feel like it's a really ridiculous thing to just ask Hashem, like, help me win the, make me win the uh, Hamilton lottery, you know? So she said, how can I like make this into a better tefillah, you know? So I said, like, you know, tefillahs are successful insofar as they are in Hashem's value system, but also genuine, you know? So you, the key is to find a middle point where you're not asking something for something in a non-genuine way, you know? But you're also aligning with Hashem's value system. So I think what we when we, we workshopped it, and I think what we came up with was he could not stop thinking and obsessing about Hamilton, and it was distracting her from other things that were important. So she asked, she said, you know, uh, so I think the Bukasha she said is, you know, Hashem, please help me win the Broadway lottery um, so that I can focus on things that are more important. So it's, she's asking for what she wants, but she's also framing it in a way that's like taking a developmental step. Uh, and like, that's what I mean. Like she, if she just stopped asking for it, she's going to take security in like, you know, the, the, the internet random number generator, you know, or, or she's going to take security in like some superstitious thing, you know? So she's rerouting to a sham, but then she's also like using it as an opportunity to like take the next developmental step. And by the way, she got the lottery. She, she that one time she got it, you know? So, <laughs> so uh, what do you want to make of that? Yeah. So tomorrow, if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But I think that's that's what I got for now. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Oh yeah, David. Uh, this is like another longer question. Yeah. Sure. You can ask me now, and then we'll we'll decide whether we'll be taken up now. Okay, or not. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, by we, I mean me. <laughs> yeah. I've also had in like the personal bakasha parts where I'm happening, and generally the way that when I I ask for personal bakasha, I also like put it at the end, like at least to focus myself. I'll say like so I can lead you to a greater yada Yeah. At least put in some. But sometimes I have certain things where, like, I really want something, but it seems to be contrary to, say, like, let's say, like, the maximum amount of Yadashim I can get from, like, the overall situation. Yeah. So I just kind of feel, like, a little stuck in, like, the feel of, like, I want this thing in, like, the way that at least I envision it. It's also, I mean, it's kind of also with this morning, which I thought soup of, like, I don't really know what things are going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking about, yeah. <laughs> that's where I can see things going. Like this is what I'm looking for. And it's like, this is where my mind, like where my mind's going. And it just seems to not actually necessarily that up with, with my greatest idea Hashem. Yeah. So I kind of feel like a little bit like tongue twisted. So, so, you know, my I want to think about it a little bit more, but maybe this could be a function. I was thinking this is shot, but maybe it could be a function also of the, the very last line of tefillah is right? So may the statements of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart find favor before you, Hashem, my rock, my redeemer. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a tefillah about, like I, I took it as you're like asking Hashem, may the things that I expressed and, and that are in my heart be in line with your will. But 
you can't take that literally because that was in the in the past. So it might it must be a thing for going forward. Meaning you're asking Hashem, like maybe my heart and the statements are not in line with your will now, but help me to align my heart and statements with your with with your will. And so in other words, let's say you say one of these feels that is not on par for whatever reason, either tomorrow's reason or your reason, you end off the tefillah. So you're doing the right thing by asking it from Hashem, no matter what. And then you're ending off tefillah by asking Hashem to help you change what you say and what you feel and what you think to be more aligned with as well. Okay. I don't know if that's the only answer, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. All right, let's stop here for today. And we could always discuss this more if we live. All right. <laughs> All right, have a good night, everybody. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are matt-schneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.